like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears so that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will turn with me to John 10, 35. I am going to read this because we are on radio all over the world. And I want us to read this first because we're going to need it. Because you're going to say, whoa, I don't think that's in the Bible when it is. John 10, 35, it says, If he called them gods, and this is Jesus speaking, he said, Unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. You're going to need to remember that in the days ahead, because I'm going to show us some things about Jesus that you may not have even considered. We have been taught a different Jesus in churches than what's in this Bible. The word of God is truth. The word of God has been here before the earth even was formed. And it says right here that the scripture cannot be broken. This is where the truth is. It's not in our church doctrine. It's not in our Sunday school class stories. It's not in the books that you read, the movies that you've gone to, or the art galleries. The word of God, where you're going to find the real truth. And how Jesus really walked is going to be in these pages in your Bible, the Word of God. So with that, I'm going to go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. 1 John 2, 6, we read this last week. It says, He that saith that he abideth in him, in Jesus, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. That's a profound verse. It says, He that saith that he abideth in him, and it's talking about Jesus, then he himself also ought to walk even as he walked. You know what that is saying? If you say, if you say, I'm a Christian, if I'm a disciple of Christ, then you're going to walk like Jesus walked. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you're going to have to walk like Jesus walked. Not like how your Sunday school teacher walks. Not like how your favorite pastor walks. You're going to have to walk like Jesus walked. It says right here, if you say, that you abide in Jesus, then you ought to walk just like Jesus. Let's take another verse and look at it. I want us to go to 1 Peter 2, verse 19. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if when you do well and you suffer for it and you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Did you know that, that where you work, if you put up with not being treated right, that this is acceptable with God? Why? Next verse. For even hereunto were you called. I was called to work in a place like this. I was called to work where everybody hates my guts, where they lie about me, where they try to take away my jobs from me. Yes. It says it right here. Did you know it was in the Word? 
I see some eyes going, oh God, you mean I can't quit? Ladies, we don't quit. We overcome. We overcome. All right. For even wherein two were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Jesus is our example. All right. Now let's go to Matthew 10, 24. Now we know that if we call ourselves a Christian, we got to walk like Jesus walked. And now we know that Jesus is our example. Matthew 10, 24, the disciple, the disciple, not the Sunday school kid, is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Verse 25, it is enough for the disciple that he be as the master. Did you know that you can be as Jesus? Did you know that was even possible? Do you know not only is it possible, it is required? If you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, you're going to have to walk like Jesus walked. That sounds like a requirement to me. Do you know that in Acts, I believe it's 17, it says that we are going to be judged by a measure. And you know what that measure is? Jesus. Jesus. Let's turn to Acts 17. I hear some people gulping. Acts 17 verse 31. Because God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man. There's your measure. There's your rubric, as we used to say it in elementary school. There is your measure. That's what you're going to be compared to. You're going to be compared to Jesus. By that man whom he has ordained, whereof he has given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. There's your measure. I have heard people say, all I want is just to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth and have a little cabin on the edge of glory land. There is nowhere in the word of God a little cabin on the edge of glory land. It's not in there. You better open up that Bible and start reading it. Folks, we're going to have to get serious and we're going to have to walk. Thank God that your grandmother was born again because she will be with Jesus when he comes back. She's sleeping in him now. But Jesus said if you call yourself a disciple, you are going to have to walk. Like a disciple walks, you're going to have to walk like Jesus. Now, let's go to Philippians 2. How does he walk? He is our shepherd. And you know what the wonderful thing about our shepherd is? The wonderful thing that he is our example? He came here and showed us exactly how to do this. Our shepherd is not only leading us, but he's already been there. When Jesus came to this earth, he had his spirit. But he took on a body. Hebrews 10. Thou hast prepared me a body. The spirit of Jesus went into a body. He got that body from Mary. And he not only got a body. He got a soul. And he was going to have to walk like we walked. And you know why he did it that way? Out of love. You know God made him the judge of the whole earth. And out of his love for being the judge of the whole earth, he came down here to find out what it was like to walk like we walked. He was a God. He was in glory with the Father. He was in a light we can't even approach unto. 
He was with the Father daily. He was here when the mountains were formed. You know what God showed me the other day? It was beautiful. I was praying, worshiping, thanking God. And you know what it showed me? You know who created Gethsemane? Jesus did. Jesus did. When he was creating the earth, he made sure there was a Gethsemane. Because he was going to go there for us. He already knew. Isn't that beautiful? I want you to go to Hebrews 4.15. We want to lay a solid groundwork here. We want to make sure that we understand where we are and where Jesus is in front of us. Hebrews 4.15. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. You see that word all? Was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He had to walk it just like we walk it. And in all points. How much do you believe that word that the scripture cannot be broken? Do you know what all entails? It entails all. Do you know that Jesus was tempted with sexual immorality? Do you know Jesus was tempted with theft, stealing, embezzlement, lying? Do you know he was tempted with all that? Have you ever considered that? Every single thing that you have been tempted with, the bad stuff, he had to be tempted with. Why? The judge of the whole earth was going to walk it like you walked it so he could get you out of it. He was going to get down there in the lowest of the low and be tempted with the same things we're tempted with. It says all. That is a comforting word when you are tempted with things that you think God can't even understand, but Jesus has been there. He has been tempted with it all. Thank God. But he never sinned. He never sinned. Thank God he never sinned. Thank God God kept him. Why? Because we needed a sacrifice. Now, let's go to Philippians 2 and see how this judge of the whole earth is going to lead us out of here. What are we getting ready for? Translation. Isn't that beautiful? Philippians 2 verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do you know that that means you can let that mind be in you? Which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Those words, when you look them up in the Greek, mean that he emptied himself of all his godly abilities. He laid it all down. All his godly abilities he laid down and took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. Now he's a man. If you look at First Peter, it talks about the spirit of Christ that was in the prophets in the past and the spirit of Christ in them was telling them of the grace that was coming, telling him of all the things that he was suffering. It was the Spirit of Christ that was telling David that he was going to come. It was the Spirit of Christ that told David he was going to go to hell and be raised from the dead. It was the Spirit of Christ and all these prophets telling him, I'm coming. 
I'm coming. And here's what it's going to be like. It's going to be grace. That spirit was in those prophets. Well, guess what? Now that spirit's in a body. Now that spirit's in a body. And he takes on the form of a man just like we are. He had a soul like ours. He had the spirit of Christ. He was the spirit of Christ, but he had a soul like ours. And I believe it's Habakkuk says his soul was not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. His soul was not perfect. It had to be made perfect. Why? Because that's the way we have to be made. We have to be made perfect. It says, being an informer of God, thought not a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. We talked about this last week, Jesus having to be obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. The judge of the whole earth walked like we walked, and he then went to the cross for us and got the victory over sin and got the victory over poverty and curses and sickness. He got all the victory over it so that we could walk just like he walked. We can walk just like he walked. He made the way. He made sure he's our shepherd, and that's how he's going to lead us into being just like him. Now, turn with me to John 8. This is an amazing scripture. John 8, then said Jesus unto them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. He that sent me. Remember the Father sent Jesus. Jesus didn't come on his own. The Father sent him. It says, for God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus out of love for you. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Why? What do you mean why? Did you know there was a why? For I always do those things that please him. Our Savior. One that created the world now is in a position where he wants to please the Father. The love between the two is a beautiful thing. But now he has to want to please the Father. That's how he's going to walk. He said, he that sent me is with me. Why is the Father with him? Because he always does those things that please him. Do you mean he could get out? Get away from the Father being with him? If you don't do what pleases the Father, you are out of the Father's will. Jesus had to stay in the Father's will, just like us. And he shows us how to do it. He says, the Father has not left me alone. Why did the Father not leave him alone? Because I always do the things that please him. Jesus always stayed in the will of the Father. You know, that's where we got to get to. Not just the will of God on Sunday mornings and then the rest of the week our own will. 
That's not how the Father is going to stay with us. That's not how we're going to have that perfect communication with the Father. How are we going to have that perfect communication with the Father? We're going to do the things that please the Father, just like Jesus had to do. He had to. Do you know that Jesus had to obey the Father or you and I were going to be destroyed? All humanity would have been destroyed. It had been destroyed. It already was once. Read Jeremiah 4. Now we've got another humanity. And the only way this humanity is going to be saved is that this man, this man, this mortal, walks it like he's supposed to walk it and become obedient even to the death of the cross. Jesus stayed in the Father's will, always doing what pleased the Father. You know we have to walk the same way? Do you know it is written in this word how to stay in the will of the Father? Do you know Jesus is our example and he shows us how? I never saw this until this week. Turn with me to Matthew 3. One thing I love about these women's meetings is that the Father teaches me first before I teach you. And even sometimes when I'm up here speaking, he shows me things that I did not know before until I open my mouth. Why? Because it's not me talking. I do my best to yield my mouth to the Holy Ghost. Now, Matthew 3, verse 11. This is, the, uh, this is the John the Baptist talking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We know that's Jesus, who is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And he will gather his wheat under the garner, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. You are either in or out. Verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Jesus is coming from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of John. Jesus is 30 years of age. Up until this moment, he hasn't done one miracle. Not one. Now, I heard when I was young, well, he talked to the birds. Show me that in Scripture. And all the miracles he did as a child, it's not in the Bible, folks. And the Scripture cannot be broken. He did not do one miracle. He ministered in the synagogue. He read, he taught in the synagogue, but not one miracle, not one. Until now, nobody's mad at him. They all think he's just the sweetest guy you ever met. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And look what Jesus said. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. It was necessary. Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness. He said to, it's necessary that I be baptized in water. Jesus said, suffer it so to be now. In other words, we've got to do this. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, if Jesus had to be baptized in water... Don't you think we do too? 
If you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, then you got to walk like Jesus walked. It was necessary that Jesus be baptized in water. Why? He was a man, and he had a man's soul, and that soul had to be buried. Romans 6, Jesus had to walk that. It was necessary he be baptized in water. Well, if Jesus is baptized in water, then we, if we say we are disciples of Jesus, must be baptized in water. But it doesn't stop there. Then he suffered him. It was righteousness for John. I've heard when I was younger that righteousness means you stand in front of God and you're righteous. But you know there's a verse in scripture that says, those that work righteousness are righteous. Those that work righteousness are righteous. They do it. Did you know that you have to do righteousness? You have to do righteousness. Well, here's the doing of righteousness. It was necessary he be baptized in water. So Jesus did a righteous act. He was baptized in water. Verse 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. So now the Holy Spirit comes on him. He is anointed in the Holy Ghost. How beautiful. But look at this next sentence. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. What did we just read back in John 8? The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Jesus being baptized in water. And being anointed in the Holy Ghost pleased the Father. Pleased the Father. He says it even. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Those that do righteousness are righteous. Jesus had to be baptized in water. He had to be anointed with the Holy Ghost. He had to be full of the Holy Ghost. Well, if Jesus... In Luke 4, we're going to go there, was full of the Holy Ghost, then we have to too. You cannot say you are a disciple of Jesus and not do the things that Jesus did. Well, if you will go with me to Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If you say you are a disciple of Jesus, then you must be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You must be. You cannot call yourself a disciple of Jesus and not do what Jesus did. It says it in Matthew 10. Let's read it because I want to make it clear because this is going all over the world. Women all over the world, the disciple is not above his master and the servant above his Lord. If you say that you can do the works of Jesus... You can do everything that Jesus did, but you don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You are saying that you are greater than your master. You're saying you are greater than your master, and that cannot be. Part of righteousness, part of walking like Jesus walked, is we must be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And do you know what? We can be. Do you know that the Holy Ghost is a gift? It's a gift. 
Do you know Jesus said, I've got to go back to the Father, because if I don't go back to the Father, I can't send the Holy Ghost. Jesus went to heaven and he sent the Holy Ghost so that we could be baptized in him. All the apostles were baptized in the Holy Ghost. The apostle Paul was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And what did they spend their time doing in the book of Acts? Read it. They went around preaching Jesus and baptizing in the Holy Ghost. They didn't stop with getting them born again. Ask Philip. He got them born again, and then they called in the apostles. Why? So they could get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. It was necessary. It is necessary. If you're going to walk like Jesus, you're going to have to walk like Jesus, and you're going to have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It is a gift, and all you have to do is ask for it. And it always comes, it always comes with speaking in tongues. The book of Acts says that those who obeyed received the Holy Ghost. Those that obeyed, obeyed, received the Holy Ghost. And how did they know that they had received the Holy Ghost? There was only one way that the apostles knew that they had received the Holy Ghost. And what was it? They heard them speak in tongues and prophesy. They heard them speak in tongues and, pro and prophesy. It is necessary. If you're going to walk like Jesus to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Do you know it says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God? Well, how are you going to be led by the Spirit of God if you don't have him? You got to get him. I'm going to pray for you that you do. If you want the Holy Ghost, the first thing you're going to have to do is be born again. You're going to have to make sure you are born again. Why? Because you've got to have Jesus in you for the Holy Ghost to come in you. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Get that vessel ready for the Holy Ghost. And all you have to do there is pray with me. We will get you born again. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. If you've done that in sincerity, you are born again. And now you have a vessel that can handle the Holy Ghost. And I will pray with you. It says in Luke that if we ask the Father for a fish, he's not going to give us a stone. If we ask the Father, for, I think it's for bread, he's not going to give us a scorpion. If you ask the Father for the Holy Ghost, the God of the whole earth, the God that's far above all gods, you're not going to get something else. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. He is much stronger than that devil. And you're not asking the devil. You're asking God. You know, that devil lies to us. Well, don't ask because you might get the devil. So you're going to ask the God of the universe, the one that created Satan, and think that you're going to get something less. Oh, no. So we ask. Put your hand on your belly. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, all those that are asking you for the Holy Ghost, that you pour out that power, that spirit of grace on them now. That you pour out that spirit of grace, that Holy Spirit on them now. And fill their bellies. Fill them up. Fill them up to where they cannot help. But open their mouths and speak in another language. Speak in what you give him. Father, I ask that you fill all that want the Holy Ghost now, that you fill them with that Holy Spirit and that it fills their inner being and out of their mouth,
comes the words of the Holy Ghost. The words of the Holy Ghost. Not our words. The words of the Holy Ghost. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Open your mouth. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.